Welcome to New Money. I'm Brian Hurst this evening. We are once again focusing on the investment markets. In the first quarter of 2018, global markets have been extremely volatile. Up one day, down the next. Fortunately, if you're a long-term investor, you're probably not even picking this. However, even long-term investors watch daily news. This week, we made some important announcements. The USA Fed meeting and future interest rate hikes. And then South Africans are waiting to hear what Moody's have to say about our ratings. And this announcement is expected on Friday. And joining this evening to make some sense of this is Paul Hansen, Director, Retail Investing Standard. Paul, lovely to have you on the show. Paul, I didn't want to come in this evening because as I was leaving, I looked and saw the Dow down nearly 400 points. So much volatility. Paul, anything to do with the uh, the announcement on Wednesday, the Fed meeting? No, I don't think so, Brian, because that's that's like baked into the numbers, I think. Everyone's expecting a a hike there. So... uh, you know, I, I noticed this morning that the 53% of investment advisors in the U.S. Are, b- are bullish, and that's considered too high. In other words, it's a reverse indicator. It, it, it's a sign that you should be a bit bearish. Too many people are bullish at the moment. So, you know, sometimes it happens. Uh, there's there's maybe too much buy on the dips. People are just talking about it all the time and buy on the dips, buy on the dips. So we'd had about a two-thirds retracement of the correction. Had the, had the 10% correction, two-thirds retracement, now it's going down a bit again. I think it's just this extra volatility and the fact that some people think it's very expensive. And we've just had so much good news that you think, wow, <laughs> how much more can we get? Are we not near the top as far as good news goes? Although, Paul, globally things are a lot better. I mean, the, the news coming out of the USA, yeah. earnings have been a lot better. We'll soon start to see first quarter earnings. Yeah. And then we've seen Europe starting to improve. I mean, even some of the British stocks. So there has been, I mean, the stimulus is now easing off and we're now getting back to normal traditional markets and behavior of those markets. Yeah. But I mean, let's just look at South Africa, because there are two markets. We've got global markets and many South Africans have either gone offshore globally or they're investing in rand hit stocks. Mm. So the first question I've got to ask you, I see that we did break through the 12 to the dollar mark this morning. Uh, How good for our economy is the strong rand. <laughs> yeah, it's such a mixed picture. You know, if you look at the financial shares, the banks and the retailers, these the so-called SA Inc. companies that have don't have much offshore, they've done so well. I mean, they're like in a world of their own, a market of their own. Now, three years ago, you, you could have turned that on its head and said all the, all the Rand hedges were in a, mo- a bull market of their own and the SA Inc. shares were struggling because the Rand was so weak. So... It's, it's good for your country. It's like the share price for your country in many ways. It, it helps on the imports. Uh, it's, well, you know, Paul, it's, it helps on lower Paul, interest rates, Paul, lower imports, inflation. I understand imports, but imports really are negative because you want to increase your exports. Yeah. And with a, with a stronger RAND, it's dif- it makes it very difficult for manufacturers to compete. Yeah. And also, don't we earn a lot of money from exporting commodities? Sure. Sure. So that's been a bit of an issue. But remember, it keeps inflation down, which then means it keeps the interest rates down, and hopefully we can get a cut, maybe even later this month, to get a cut. We're looking for two cuts, and the stronger RAND is definitely enhancing that possibility. And then, Paul, when you look at the RMB index and you see confidence levels jumping from 34 to 45, still I know below the 50 level mark, which talks about negative and positive, but it's been quite a, j- a jump, and, and I wonder how that's going to filter through. Is, is there any correlation between that confidence increase and our economy? I mean, unemployment's still 
no better people aren't employing and our economy doesn't seem i mean we we saw some pickup in, in in growth from the last quarter but it doesn't seem to be really filtering through to the economy not yet i think it takes time but conferences has to be there to start it off for companies to say right we actually need another factory there another one there we're going to do this we're going to hire more people you've got to be confident to be able to do those sort of things if you don't have confidence like all the companies have been saying in the last three years or something or four years five years we don't have any conference we're just holding on our uh, holding our money in the money market we don't have any conference in this country now that's turning so it's the start but paul let's understand consumers are struggling the yeah. working class of south africa have got debt yeah interest rates haven't come down and so that none of that's been passed on to the consumer isn't it about time mm. that we started to see interest rates drop? Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand. We're in that mid-range between uh, the, the tar uh, inflation targeting, and yet the Reserve Bank just seems to sit back and do absolutely nothing. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, they may have been waiting for this Moody's call on Friday, you know, because if, if Moody's did downgrade us to junk or below investment grade, then there could be 60, 70 billion rand worth of selling of our government bonds. So maybe they were just waiting a bit to see. It seems like Moody's won't do that. So I think I agree with you. There's every reason for them to cut rates next time they meet, which is, I think, next week. Oh, I'm sorry they didn't do it at around the time of the budget so yeah. that the VAT increase, even though it only comes in on the 1st of April, but that VAT increase could have been cushioned a little bit by so many individuals getting some benefit from rates. Yeah. So let's just talk about cuts. We talk about cuts. Let's talk about the US USA tax tax cuts. Yeah. I mean, that's been very beneficial very. To, to many of the companies in the USA. Very. And very simply, but I'm a bit concerned because it's good for this year, but then it's in the system in 2019 and you won't get that additional boost. Yeah. So I would imagine analysts are going to be saying, we expect such and such return from USA companies. They're not going to get it. No, but remember the tax, uh, they, they're fairly permanent. So you, you'll also pay a lot less tax next year. But you know, maybe there won't be much of a difference between this year and that year, that what you're saying. But certainly as far as generation of profits and, and cash flows and so, it's very, very strong, very positive. And a statistic came out, I think this morning or yesterday, that uh, conference among small businesses is the highest it's been since 2004, I think. It's, uh, you know, and that's very, very important because the US, you know, small business is the backbone of the US. Well, we're going to take a break. You can also call me on 011-483-1518. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to New Money this evening. We're discussing investments. My guest is Paul Hansen. And if you want to call us, 011-483-1518, you can still email me on brianh at bhca.co.za. Email from Stefan in Johannesburg says, although there are currently good noises with regards to the new leadership in South Africa, how are the Rand Head shares priced such as NASPA's Richmond, Aspen, Billiton, British Tobacco carries on and says, if the Rand stays at the level, even strengthens further. I yeah. mean, firstly, if we don't get a downgrade, is it likely that the RAND could strengthen a bit further, or do you think this is priced in? I think it is priced in, but you never know for sure. But if you look at the chart of the RAND dollar, it does show as if it's uh, turning. So it wants to weaken, if you look at that chart, the shape of the chart. 
I mean, not to say that that's the be-all and end-all, but it's giving an indication that it's time to weaken for a bit. You know, maybe 12, 40, I don't know about any much further than that, but uh, it, it seems to be going that way. Paul, if you look at these RAND hedges, and you see them where they've come down when the RAND was sitting at 15, 16, and you saw the RAND come down to around about 11, 60, now you see the RAND creeping up to 12, no influence in these shares whatsoever. <laughs> no. I thought he's a, no. I thought that the the, the, the rand dollar is so, or rand sterling and euro are so important. Yeah, so it hasn't moved the needle much. You're right. I mean, the British American Tobacco's, Richemont's, Billiton, you name it. So, and, so, my, so the caller says, yes. Albert. He says, what you know, what is going to move these shares? I mean, the, are the companies doing well? Well, this is the problem. Something like British Mean Tobacco has taken a knock on the, on the London Stock Exchange as well. So it's fallen in pounds too. It's, it's, it's unusual, but it's taken quite a big knock. So no question, with a strong world economy, with earnings coming through, most of these offshore-related companies should do quite a bit better in the next 6 to 12 months. At the moment, they, uh, you know, they're not doing that well, or at least their share prices aren't. But obviously, if the RAND weakens as well, you, you could get a double whammy. You've got potentially good earnings coming through as well as a weaker rand. So th at the moment, they're, they're in a bit of a funk. <laughs> they're struggling. Got a call in Maloney says, why would the USA increase interest rates if inflation has not increased to the levels expected? I mean, last week, figures came out slightly below what they expected, a little bit of tapering off, and yet they're talking about still three or four interest rate hikes. No, actually, the, the headline, so-called headline inflation was up 2.1%, so their target is 2. So it was, it was uh, inflation taking out food and, and fuel was, I think, 1.8, unchanged, what they call core inflation, 1.8. But they, they're raising it because the economy is very, very strong, and there's a, obviously a, a risk of high inflation through coming through wage increases. Wage increases are currently 2.6% year-on-year, but they could easily get to 3.5% by the end of the year, by the looks of things, because there's so much employment going on in the US. So, you know, they ha also have to raise interest rates, well, not only to ward off inflation, but also to give them ammunition in the next recession, so that they can cut interest rates sufficiently. So this will be the sixth hike of 0.25, so that means 1.5% in I think three years. They started in 2015. So it's 1.5% in three years. It's been very slow. But Paul, normally when the interest rates are hiking like this, yeah. markets are quite strong. Yeah, because yeah. the economy is strong. Yes, because the economy is good. And only when it starts to sort of reach that peak, yeah. then interest rates are high and you start moving into what we call a recession. Yeah. So they actually engineered. They engineer a recession because they say, wait, inflation's getting too high. We've got to keep going and get you into a recession to get the inflation down again. So at the moment, it looks like, uh, you know, maybe it'll get to 3%, I think, by 2020. So two years' time, double, double this level, and then that's probably about as far as they'll go. Well, you still you can call us, 11 got an email from Mervyn in Durban. He says, <laughs> I want to take some equity profits off the table, but I'm concerned about triggering CGT. Please confirm that the information I've given is correct that under <laughs> section 42 of the income tax, I can transfer my shares to Unitrust and deferred CGT payment. Well, let me answer that. That is correct. You can do that. It's certainly there, section 42, which says if you transfer shares to a Unitrust, then 
you will defer your capital gains tax. Just bear in mind, your starting price will be the price that you paid for the shares. And I think there's a hold of 18 months. I don't think you can sell the shares for 18 months. Um, Herbert in Sandton says, how will global growth continue if the US, has st US starts introducing protectionist policies? Well, it's considered to be fairly minor at this stage. You know, I mean, the US is a huge importer and has a big trade deficit. So in a way, Trump is, uh, has a certain right to be a bit twitchy about this. You know, I think he's got a certain right. I mean, uh, he's doing it, you know, t at the moment, it's a tiny, it's tiny in the context of the US and the world. It's, it's noise. I think it's almost like a bargaining chip. But isn't that a bit worrying, Paul? Let me just le there, let me take our caller, John. Good evening. We'll come back to that question now. John, good evening. Go ahead and do the question, please. Uh, good evening, Brian. My question is, has the market correction created good buying opportunities? Thanks, John. Paul, 10th year into the bull market. Yeah, exactly. All the correspondence, and I get your weekly letter and uh, comments and your comments from the various fund managers. And, I mean, this, the, fa the feeling is it's still... The, the, it's still, the markets have still got legs. And uh, John is asking, are these buying opportunities or does one have to be a bit careful? Yeah, you, uh, you just made a very important point. We are into the 10th year, which is very long in the sense that they usually last about four, no, four to five years bull markets. So this has gone more than double that. But it doesn't look like it's over. It looks like corrections are a buying opportunity. But just bear in mind, you're not in the third year or second year. You're in the 10th year. So obviously the risks are high in the 10th year than they would be in the ninth, eighth. So, yes, it is a buying opportunity. There is, there is value there. I mean, we've seen global expectations. GDPs come through, raised from 35 to 3.9%. Yeah. That also has got to be encouraging. For the, and as I always say to people, look, if you're going to trade the market, we certainly can't give that a call. But no. I still think there's time and people have got, you know, if people are invested, they should stay invested. Understand their strategy. Yeah. If they're overexposed to equities, take something off the table. No, no, yeah. no harm in taking something off the table. Yeah, I mean, you get a share like Facebook, obviously in a bit of trouble right now because of this uh, issue uh, that's being publicised, the Cambridge team or something that let, let 50, was it 50,000 or 500,000, 5 million people's details out. So anyway, the point is that they're down 7% today. But remember, they're probably up 80% in the last 12 months. Uh, so, you know, you, you've seen corrections going on in shares like that, but they have had a huge run too. But look, I mean, the whole FANG shares, we talk about Facebook, Amazon, Anglo, Netflix, Google. Mm. I mean, they've all had enormous run. And they should be, I mean, we're not going to have a, a bubble like 2000 when we had a complete collapse of the technology markets. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> later. <laughs> But the thing is, they, these companies are doing very good business. I mean, and Paul, 18 years later, everything's changed, you know. There's nothing. You, you can't do anything. I mean, my grandchildren of five and seven and eight are playing with, I mean, they're teaching me. I mean, we actually fired our, our um, computer manager today. He turned five. We said he's too old. We need a four-year-old because <laughs> I tell you, it's quite amazing. Email from Bernard in Santon. He says, if global growth reaches 3.9 this year, and this includes tax cuts in the USA, won't this set up a very high watermark so that in 2019 everything comes tumbling down. I, I touched on that a short while ago. So we've suddenly got a boost to the, uh, the, the corporate earnings. Next year you won't have the boost, so they'll have to rely on growth between now and the next 12 months. And won't analysts start again? Because markets, I mean, the, the sentiment of markets, you don't reach what analysts say you should be reaching, share prices come off. Well, the thing is that 
the consumer rules the roost in the US. I mean, two thirds of, of the economy, the, of GDP is the consumer. And the consumer conference is good. So this can carry on. You know, they can, I mean, consumer spending, I think it's up 4% year on year. It's not huge, but it's good in an economy with inflation of around two. And that can continue. The consumer, yeah, there's so many jobs being created every month. What was it, like 330,000 last month? And, you know, interest rates are low. Even though they've gone up, they're still very low. So everything's there for the consumer conference to continue so that next year you could still get your earnings going up. I think they could be up 20% this year. It could go up 10% next year. So it's still going to be growth. Well, we're going to take a break. You can still call us on 011-483-1518. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to New Money this evening. I'm discussing investments with Paul Hansen and Gladwell in Johannesburg said, with low inflation expectations in South Africa, why isn't the Reserve Bank reducing interest rates? Surely this will stimulate our economy. It's got to help our economy if consumers have got a little bit more money. And, you know, 70 to 80% of our consumers spend more than 60% of their take-home pay on debt. Because you can't buy a house today without a bond. You can't buy cars with finance, even furniture. So, I mean, that will still stimulate our economy. And, and, and why is there no, I mean, I understand you said they were waiting early on, we spoke about it, and you said maybe they're waiting for Moody's decisions on Friday. But if that does come in, I mean, expectations on inflation will be over the next year or two, 5%, then we must get interest rates cuts. Yeah, there's a huge, huge pressure building up for that, no question. Uh, James in Cape Town says, if everyone believes 2008 will be a good f- year for equities and should stay overweight, what will happen when everyone suddenly wants to sell? Surely it's time to take some equity off the table. Well, yeah, absolutely. If you look at your, your age or your liquidity situation and we're into the 10th year of the bull market, although we haven't had such a bull market here of late. you know. I mean, if you go back and look at the charts, yeah. back, our markets are back to 2015 yeah. and some of the stocks even worse than that. Yeah, so we've had all sorts of scuds hitting all sorts of companies like Tiger Brands, you know, you name it. There's been scuds flying around in our market, knocking, knocking certain shares. But the global market, you know, I mean, if you are holding Facebook and those sort of shares, by all means, take some, yeah. take some profits because they've had an incredible run. But Paul, if mo- global markets come off, yeah. our markets will come off, irrespective whether those shares have run up or not. Well, if they have a, a big correction, yes, but this, this knock, tonight in the US may not necessarily, it usually, usually it would knock our market tomorrow and the, the Asian market, the Australian, etc. But because ours hasn't really gone anywhere for, uh, for a little while, it might not. And especially if the RAND is a bit weaker, that, uh, that can help too. Paul, I, I've often been asked, which of the markets drive the market performance the following day? The US. Always the US. Yeah, no, you wake up in Asia and it follows the US. Yeah. And then we tend to follow in, in Europe as well. Uh, Mike in Durban says, are we heading for another 2000 crash with US consumers taking on more debt? Is it not possible they will not be able to weather any economic shocks and be forced to sell? Are consumers taking on more debt in America again? Slowly. Nothing like it was uh, in 2006, 7, 8. 
Nothing like that. It's, it's been pretty steady. There's a little bit of delinquency increases in the car area, and there's one other area that's also increasing a bit. But I otherwise, mean, I mean, housing prices in the U.S. have picked up enormously in the last two to three years. Well, they've picked up, look, five, six percent a year. So they've just gone past their previous record of, I think, 2007 or eight. So it's taken 10 years to get back to there. And so the U.S. consumer is, in, is on the whole in pretty good shape financially. Paul, I was and also, course. sorry, their net, their net worth is at a record high from uh, equities and, your, and their homes. So you don't see that as a problem? You don't see consumers getting into and that being causing a, a market correction yeah, or market uh, not, not collapse? Bad. It's in decent shape right now. Paul, I was looking at a graph today, and if you look at our market and you take out NASPERS, yeah. our market really for years has done absolutely nothing. Yeah, except the banks uh, recently. You've seen Standard Bank. The banks Bank. have been yeah, banks banks leading, leading the way forward. And the life insurance index at a record high last week helped a lot by discovery, but also Sunlum at a record high, or Mutual finally picking up after many years of going nowhere. So those two areas of record highs, those two indices. It's quite amazing the gap between Sunlam and Mutual. Eh? Yeah. Sunlam has performed unbelievably compared to Mutual. Eh? Dramatically outperformed. I think Sunlam's gone up 10 times since 2000 or something like that. Now Mutual, two, two and a half times. And Liberty as well. Yeah. I mean, it's also, also so I mean, behind. you talk about that index. I mean, it really, Discovery has pulled that index up enormously. Dramatically. Yeah. Then Sunlam. Yeah. Solly in Cape Town says, does the strong RAND really improve the inflation outlook? You mentioned that if, if, you know, if, if interest rates, are with that inflation, it's a, a stronger RAND and the improvement in inflation. Definitely. Think of, uh, uh, of buying petrol now with the RAND at 16 to the dollar versus 12.04 to the dollar. For sure. I mean, it's, it's a huge factor. I think, I think, and as a matter of fact, I think consumers will hear shortly what the, Im the price increase will be in, in April. Now, we know that in the budget there was a 52 cent increase, but I think with the oil price staying flat and the RAND becoming a little bit stronger, that whole 52 cents may not come through. There may be some 10 to 15 cents of it absorbed by the stronger, and we may not get that full 52 cents up, uh, increase. Yeah, exactly. Stanley Santon says, what factors could help to increase our GDP? Well, the, the main what thing is, is to get out there and spend. We, we, we need, uh, we obviously, the government doesn't have any money left, so they can't spend, but that would help. The U.S. government, by the way, is spending, and that's helping that economy too. But companies go out and spend and, and, and generate business through confidence. Take the money out of the money market and go and build, do things, and employ people. For example... Big construction plot, big plants, big construction, employing people, and and uh, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Th as they say, the best way to um, to do so is build, build something, and, and employ people. You don't think South African companies are really poised because they've increased the level from twenty? How much you can invest offshore from twenty-five to thirty percent? Yeah, the unit trust. So th that wonders me. Why why would why would they've done that? Why would they increase the level of how much you can invest offshore? Do they want people to take more money offshore and encouraging the RAND to, for the RAND to weaken? Well, I think they've said all along that they would gradually open up the foreign exchange controls, gradually loosen them. So it's just following that policy that they have followed for a while, but not for a few years. So do you see companies now looking locally and expanding locally? Well, I think that's the next step. The conference has gone back up. Look, it's not back to its average level of the past many years. It's a bit below, but it is getting up there business conferences is climbing obviously set back a bit by this property issue that's going on around but 
uh, that's the next step is the company to say, listen, you know, this, the things are turning here. We've got a, a leader we can we've confidence in. We can now start planning and saying, let's add here, let's build here, let's do this. That's what you need them all to do. Paul, Paul last question. Are you still feeling comfortable about our markets? Yeah. I mean, you're not with the, with the caution that we're in the tenth year. I, mean, I think we've been doing this for about eleven or twelve years, somewhere around. You must have actually, actually have a look at your notes to see how long we've been doing it. And by the way, happy birthday, because I think, believe you, you're turning sixty-five in the <laughs> coming month. <laughs> Just something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then we, Paul, I can't have you go. I need our listeners to call in, talk to your company, and say, can't let Paul retire. <laughs> well, it's everyone's dream to create assets so that they never to worry about money again and afforded the opportunity offered by financial security. So what can we do to set the realization of this dream in motion and to achieve this goal? For some people, it's simply a matter of luck. Others inherit from parents. But the majority have to work hard to achieve extra funds that may be set aside for investment. What characteristics separate the good investor from the bad those who seem to make the same investments yet never achieve the same results. It's simple. Understand your investment strategy, have patience, and do not panic when all the noise around you is negative. Paul, I'd like to thank you for joining me this evening. Right. It's important to note our program is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll focus on financial planning, and if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching, and good night.